Welcome to the Voices of Troy podcast presented by the Troy Somerset Gazette newspaper. I'm the host, Andrew Neal, and this week my guest is Oakland County Commissioner Tom Kuhn, whose 11th district covers Auburn Hills, Rochester Hills, and Troy. Our conversation focuses on Oakland County's budget, its infrastructure needs, and how elected officials can rally public support for those improvements. And with that, let's get to it. Today I'm joined with Tom Kuhn, Oakland County Commissioner of the 11th District, which covers Troy, Rochester Hills, and Auburn Hills. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Let's get started with what got you interested in politics, uh, why you decided to run for Oakland uh, County Commissioner in the first place, and uh, when that was and sort of what your thinking was behind that. Okay, well, my political interests expand, basically extend throughout my life. My family's been very involved in Oakland County politics since I was growing up. One of my uncles was drain commissioner for 20 or 30 years. One of my uncles was circuit judge for 20 or 30 years. And very involved and uh, in, interested in local politics. Um, went to University of Michigan and got a BA in political science and then got a PhD. In political science. So I have a uh, educational interest as well. I'm a, an attorney. Um, I served 12 years on the Royal Oak City Commission. Learned a lot about Oakland, uh, local politics that way. And after that, I moved to Troy and I served 12 years on the Oakland Community College Board, two years as the board chair. And uh, Again, I've always been interested in Oakland County politics, and I ran two years ago and as a county commissioner from this area and hope to provide as much oversight and uh, intelligence as I can uh, for representing the citizens here. What was one thing you learned from your family having been involved in politics that you sort of took with you into the different roles that you had? The importance of the citizens. Citizens are super important, and we're, we're here to represent the citizens and do what's best in their best interest. And now that you're here as Oakland County Commissioner, you, said you were uh, elected in 2018. What have you learned in the, in the short time that you've been in this position? One thing I've learned is the enormous needs of our community infrastructure needs in sewers and drains and roads and the the even though we have a government that has a one billion dollar almost a one billion dollar uh, budget the needs far exceed that and so there's there's a a challenge a challenge in order to be able to uh, assured that the taxes are and the revenues are being used most effectively. I would love to talk a little bit about uh, the sheriff's department before we really dig into the infrastructure stuff. Um, I think in particular you you highlighted the crisis intervention team training. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yes, um, this is really a very critical program that the sheriff's department, uh, um, Mike Bouchard and, and Mike McCabe, his undersheriff, have taken up. And the whole goal here is to assure that these, that the deputies and the corrections officers 
understand mental health issues, are trained in mental health issues, so that when they have contact with those with serious mental health issues. And, you know, they, there's all these statistics out there that the current contact level, maybe 20, 30, 40 percent of the contacts that our, our law enforcement has is with mentally ill people. And the benefit of this crisis intervention training is that instead of just sending a mentally ill person to jail or putting, incarcerating them, they divert them over to common ground and, and get them some mental health uh, treatment instead of uh, just incarceration. So it's been, and we looked at the graphs and the statistics yesterday, the massive increase of referrals over to common ground where these trained deputies are able to make that assessment that this isn't a criminal, this is someone who is mentally ill, and make sure that they have the, uh, the treatment that they should be uh, accorded. Is it right for it the, to be the sheriff's department that, that is helping that, or is there something else or a different um, thing that can be done within the state level to help people with mental illness? The state probably could do something more, but um, all I can say is this that the sheriff's department is taking the lead in dealing with it, even though perhaps it should be dealt with on a more uh, comprehensive level by the state, because it's now become more of a law enforcement thing. Um, it's important that the law enforcement officers are trained and that they have the, uh, they're able to divert people into the proper treatment. And even within the jail, if someone's admitted to the jail, uh, the sheriff has established uh, counselors and psychiatrists so that they can get that uh, treatment in the jail once they're admitted. Who's paying for the, uh, the, the training for that? It was, it was initially a grant. Okay. A grant, and again, uh, we talked about it before, just um, and understand that there are... Um, most counties don't have any CIT training. And we have like 68 deputies who have done the full one-week training course, which it just, it's phenomenal. And that's, and that's what the sheriffs are telling us, how, how effective this is in being able to help uh, the deputies handle uh, the, the crisis that they're faced with when they face uh, mentally ill uh, citizens. Let's talk about the uh, budget that you just brought up. How much money are we talking about? What goes into that? And um, how is it being allocated currently? Okay, well, currently we get about a million dollars, a billion dollars, B as in billion. Sure. And uh, half of that is uh, general fund monies, half of it is grants that is uh, flow through from either the federal government or the state government. Uh, a large, uh, the largest department is the sheriff's department. Uh, we obviously have a, a large number of deputies, a large number of employees, and, and the health uh, department is, is very large too. So we have a lot of uh, services that we provide to the public. So we talked about the nearly $1 billion budget in Oakland County. Um, it, it, we get to that billion dollars um, and through uh, uh, many different ways. Um, 
And yet we see a ticking time bomb in some of these uh, infrastructure issues, which I would love to talk about now. Um, you, t- you, you call it deferred infrastructure maintenance. Can you explain what that is and what exactly we're talking about and, and what does it mean deferred? We have a <laughs> we have a lot of deferred infrastructure maintenance. Obviously, everyone is aware of the road situation here, and it's the same here in Oakland County as it is elsewhere. Uh, we have a very high percentage of roads, which our road commission says are in poor condition. Okay, and uh, the road commission depends on the state gas taxes. That's that's their funding source. And so uh, they're limited. They're limited in what they can do. They, we've had these programs here at the county level where we've done matching funds with communities to help them with their own local roads in addition to the county roads. Um, and we are continuing that. But, you know, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket to what the actual needs are. And people think when they think infrastructure they think roads that's above surface it's it's um, something that everyone lives with on a daily basis as well we see the potholes we see crumbling uh, roads and bridges and we definitely understand in a very real way we can see um, every day that the roads are are falling apart Um, but what's under the surface might be more alarming to people and it also might be something that doesn't get enough attention because it goes unseen. Let's talk about the water and sewer infrastructure. What is um, what is the current state of quality of, of our water and sewer infrastructure? Uh, what is being done to address some of the issues? And what is the timeline then for um, for fixing us, fixing our needs and getting us to the a point where we're at a normal level or at a at least a, a safe level? Well. You know, we talked about it earlier, but the big problem here, in my opinion, is under the Great Lakes Water Authority, we have all this infrastructure. Uh, and we, uh, one of the main pumping stations, the Northeast Pumping Station, which pumps all of Oakland, uh, Macomb counties and most of Oakland County's sewage through, uh, through the system, was... Uh, built in 1930s. It's based on 1930s. That's three zero. Um, was when it was built. It is a serious, serious hazard. Uh, and we looked at the risk analysis. If this fails, uh, if that pumping station fails, and it's on Seven Mile in Detroit, uh, the sewage from Macomb County and Oakland County would flow out to the Clinton River and out to Lake St. Clair. It would be a massive, massive disaster. And it'll, fortunately, under Oakland County's leadership last year, they were able to set up a plan to fix it, but still that's gonna take two, three, or four years for the construction to, to be completed um, on that area. And, and that sewage is, that pumping station just handles Oakland and Macomb County sewage, okay? And that's a small part of this whole uh, Great Lakes Water Authority, uh, Detroit water system. And it's only the tip of the iceberg as far as the real needs of dealing with sewage and, and water. 
in our in our region. And the fix for it is years away. It's exactly, and it's a pumping station. So, it, and if you knock down the pumping station, the sewage can't go down the uh, the system. So, uh, and it's got all this archaic uh, equipment and electrical, and it is. It's a, it's a very very serious problem. I'm I'm wondering why it's there's not more of an alarm being sounded about something like this. I mean, we we in the gubernatorial debate, uh, there was a lot of talk about fixing the damn roads, and that's something that everyone can understand and see. But I didn't really hear a whole lot about fixing the damn pumping station. <laughs> Should not people also be quite concerned in the same sense as they are with the roads with something like this? It's it's to me it's even more important than the roads. Um, it's not as visible. It's twenty thirty feet underground, fifty feet. I don't know. It's it's a deep sewer, and um, it's something where fortunately we now have uh, Oakland County, Macomb County, and other. Uh, entities having an active say on the Great Lakes Water Authority and are able to do this analysis and assure that there's some sort of oversight and priorities made to these kind of very, very critical questions. Why it hasn't been made uh, more, isn't widely known, more widely known, I don't know. I was absolutely shocked when I saw that information uh, shortly after I was elected. And that's just the sewers. <laughs> I'd love to talk about um, the water as well, uh, the infrastructure for water. And one thing that people might not realize, and again, this, we can connect things that have gotten a lot of attention and made national news, such as the Flint water crisis, and, 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 but also talk about the implications for Oakland County residents that maybe they're not aware of. Um, the lead remediation that has to take place that arose from the Flint water crisis um, is going to cost perhaps $2 billion or more. Can we talk about a little bit about that, that maybe Oakland County residents aren't quite aware of um, about what the lead re remediation means for, for them? Well, exactly. And I, Michigan has set the standards and they're, uh, they're high standards. And it comes down to the local governments having to fix all these lead lines. And they're, as you said, $2 billion, billion dollars of cost just for lead line remediation. Uh, it's it's an incredible. It's an incredible cost. And, and it's something that uh, is going to be coming down the pike in the next five years, 10 years at most. And this is also in a time when people are struggling to pay their water and sewer bills. And and so what you're saying, too, is that, that that money has to come from somewhere in order to pay for it. And it's not coming out of that billion dollars that we're already spending in, in our budget for other things. So where does that money come from? How they allocate it now is through your water and sewer rates. And so what it means is that the water and sewer rates will be going up because you have to pay for this somehow, and uh, the allocation system that we have here in this area is, is water and sewer rates. And, and that would be the same thing for fixing this pumping station as well. A absolutely correct, absolutely correct. That's, we've, we're talking about a significant increase in, in those bills. 
I'm curious, you know, what the, the, how do you sell that? I guess is the, the, the way to ask that because you're really basically saying we're going to charge you a lot more money and nothing is actually going to change for you, but we are avoiding other potential issues by doing this. Well, and you know, this, this whole issue of being able to be out in front on preventive maintenance, whether it's on sewers, whether it's on pumping stations, whether it's on uh, water lines, is so critical. Because if you wait for the disaster to happen, <laughs> the costs go up exponentially. And it's a disaster economically for the area. If you have some sort of catastrophe on, on your basic water and sewage uh, systems, is there blame to go around or is that sort of pointless to look back and it's more important now to figure out what we need to do to fix things? You know, I'm always for trying to fix it. Uh, I'm sure there's blame to go around for everyone, but uh, we have to be able to analyze where the problems are, just as they did with the water system here and saw that this pumping station was uh, at high risk and it, the results... Uh, if it failed, would be catastrophic, okay? That's what we need. We need that kind of analysis and be able to uh, address the issues before they become a calamity. I spoke with Representative Alyssa Slotkin, who oversees Rochester and Lansing area, and uh, she was at Oakland University last week, and I asked her about this question that we're talking about right now, which is infrastructure. And I want to play for you um, what she said um, and get your, your take on what national funding for infrastructure could be. Obviously in Michigan, we know that infrastructure is constantly discussed and debated. We need once in a generation investment in our infrastructure. And that's not going to just come by uh, Governor Whitmer and the, the legislature figuring out some plan. We need federal investment in infrastructure. Um, the infrastructure that we have here in Michigan is, is basically falling apart. So it can't be just fixed at the margins. We have an infrastructure package that has been put together um, with the outlines of it are available now. Um, the big thing we need to do, just what you need to do here in Michigan, is figure out how you're going to pay for it. Um, it's, a, I think, over a $2 trillion package, and that I still have great hope for, even in this polarized environment, because both sides know we need to invest in infrastructure. The president says the same thing as members of, you know, Democratic members of Congress, and that's where you know you might have some real overlap to get something done. So it's going through committee now, um, and we're, you know, am I expecting that we will vote on it in the House in the spring? Well, again, I'm not privy to all that, but I can say I would expect there to be bipartisan support for infrastructure. You and I see it. It's Everyone sees it throughout the country and certainly without, throughout our region. Uh, the massive needs for, for infrastructure, whether it's roads, whether it's sewers, whether it's water pipes, uh, whether it's in, uh, technology. There's a huge cost of technology. People say technology. What's the cost of that? I mean, we have a new radio system here in Oakland County, $57 million. Uh, and it, how long will it last? 10 years, 12 years before you have to have it completely replaced? So I believe, and I'm hopeful, that there would be bipartisan support for dealing with this uh, very critical issue. Let's talk a little bit about uh education funding. I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as um, the state of education funding in Oakland County, in the state of Michigan, and nationally. Well, um, you, 
the analysis, as as you could see from uh, from the people up at the county, uh, the state is underfunding student education, and on top of it, uh, the state has taken over the responsibility of of retirement for for teachers, and that has been severely underfunded. There we there we are. We have these massive educational needs, and the funding is not there. Really, that's going back to a lot of what we're talking about here today, which is how are you going to pay for it? There's the political divide right there. We are recognizing and acknowledging and doing the research to figure out what needs we need to address. Um, and then there's a whole nother part of it, which is selling it to the people who are going to have to pay for it. A lot of people, especially in the current political uh, state, are saying our taxes are already too much or I don't want our taxes to go up. How do you say, well, if they don't, then we are in serious trouble? Well, again, the, the, the main issue here is the government has to create, look at what the priorities are and has to address those priorities. And if you don't address the priorities, then you get into a situation where uh, the situation becomes much, much, much more expensive to try and rectify it once the, uh, the problem has, has exploded on you. What would, your, what would your message be to the people who are listening today about um, everything we've talked about, about what we need to get done and when? How do we prioritize all these different needs? What would you say is something we need to do right now? What is something that can wait? And, and just in general, um, what should people know moving forward in the next few years about how their elected officials are going to deal with these things? It's very important for us as public officials and as the, and the media to be able to educate the public as to what the actual needs are and how serious they are. I mean, when you sit there and you look at what these needs are for, for the sewage systems, and you know, we've just talked about one pumping plant uh, in the, and there's a, quite a few of them and they're probably all just as archaic and as problematic. And uh, we have all this major need. And it's very important that it be publicized so people understand the seriousness of, of the, the need for this infrastructure. What can people do? Be informed. You know, it's, it's so important for people to be tied in with their local and their state governments and their federal governments, too, and understand what's actually going on with, with the actual needs of your uh, community, whether it's sewers, whether it's roads, whether it's uh, water, whether it's technology. It's important for people to be informed about their, their local communities. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you again to Commissioner Tom Kuhn for being our guest on Voices of Troy. Next week, I'll be speaking with Troy's Department of Public Works Director, Kurt Bovenseep. If you live in Troy, don't forget to pick up your free copy of the Troy Somerset Gazette newspaper on newsstands around town. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Neal. Have a great week.